And now it's time for the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, featuring health news, opinion, and insight from Wesley Chapel's concierge medicine physician, Dr. Tommy McElroy. And thank you for joining us today. This is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show. I'm Dr. Tommy McElroy, concierge medicine physician in Wesley Chapel, Florida. My practice is called Echelon Health, and uh, we do uh, medical care for individuals uh, abs- outside of insurance. So we spend as much time as they need and offer them uh, uh, discounts on labs and medications, and we see them all, all, all their visits, all procedures for one yearly fee. Uh, today, I had a question from, or yesterday, I had a question from a patient about health savings accounts, and the question was, is I think I have to spend my health savings account at the end of the year. Isn't that right? And I said, no, actually, it isn't. Uh, health savings accounts are tax-advantaged savings accounts that you own that you put in money tax-free, and then when you spend them, uh, currently, medicine uh, and healthcare expenses are not taxed, so you would spend it tax-free as well. Uh, and that's to differentiate it between a health reimbursement account or a flexible spending account, which do need to be utilized usually at the end of the year. And that leads us to our guest today, who rejo- who's joining us again, Mr. Rob Klein. And Rob Klein is healthcare retirement advisor. He helps people save their money, uh, that is their retirement money, by utilizing specific uh, savings uh, and investment vehicles so that their health care expenses are paid for and their costs to their retirement funds are minimized. Rob, thank you for coming back on. How are you doing today? Thank you, Dr. Tommy, for having me again. And despite the uh, soggy weather. Oh, it's, it's, it's kind of rainy down here, too. It's uh, We had a thunderstorm earlier, and I hadn't had a storm. We hadn't had a storm like that in many years that I remember. Yeah, but at least you have the warmth. We're about 10 degrees cooler than we should be. Oh. Uh, tell us about health savings accounts. Health savings accounts, uh, most people, some people have a cursory knowledge of it, but um, give us a little bit of a background on health savings accounts from your opinion and what they're useful for. A health savings account is a tax-advantaged plan. They've been around since about 2003-2004, and they allow you to um, deposit money on a tax-favored basis because you get a deduction on the contributions. The earnings inside grow without being taxed, and the distributions, when you use them for qualified health care expenses, are tax-free. Unlike a flexible spending account or a health reimbursement account or some other similar type of an arrangement uh, that your employer has, you know, like sometimes you have a transportation savings account, it's not use it or lose it. Whatever money you deposit into a health savings account plus whatever earnings, interest, growth, what have you, can roll over from one year to the next. So a health savings account seems like it's superior to those if you had the option. Absolutely. It's a superior account, in my humble opinion. I would argue that it is the modern 401k. And what do you, Go ahead. Tell us what does that mean, man? Well, as we discussed the last time we spoke, one of the problems with the traditional 401k or any other type of retirement plan where you're taking a deduction on your contributions and letting it go tax-deferred, you have to pay tax eventually on that money when you withdraw it. That money is also on the grid, so to speak, for determining how much you're going to pay for your Medicare Part B and Part D when you're 65 and older. Health savings accounts do not raise that modified adjusted gross income calculation, and therefore that would be money that would be excluded from that uh, determination on whether you have to pay more for health insurance or not in retirement. I see. How many people do you think are aware of that? 
That part, not that many. Most people just focus on the tax component of it. Um, mm -hmm. And it, and as far as, uh, and even those who are aware of it, some people are still sold on the idea of paying a copay, and they don't understand that with a, with a high deductible account, you're not paying a copay. Mm -hmm. But you don't necessarily have to withdraw from the 401k, uh, for, excuse me, from the HSA to pay for the medical bill either. Exactly. Um, some of the people, too, also are probably, they think of the 401k as that's their go-to retirement vehicle because that's like the name brand out there. And health savings account, although it could be utilized in a similar fashion, uh, I, th I think there's some trepidation because, like you said, most people are so conditioned to using uh, insurance to pay for things that they don't even think of using their own money to pay for it. So then a health savings account gets neglected. Right. And, and, and also it's, it's a lot about the, the power and control. You see with the four, with the traditional 401k, you know, everyone gets sold on the, on the deduction part of it. And they don't look at the back end. And as you were just saying, people don't do that cost um, analysis of, well, should I use insurance or should I just do private, private pay? And I think it behooves everybody to to take a look at, well, what's the actual cost? Because I've heard stories, many anecdotes from people who will gladly take regular savings to pay for an office visit and just let the and just let the HSA accumulate and roll over each year. Hmm. And also, as we mentioned with retirement, if you're getting the deduction from putting money into the HSA, then that might um, move your hands into you to saying, you know what, I'm going to utilize the Roth 401k option at work. And I know I'm not going to get the deduction on that money, but at least I know when I retire, that money will be tax free and Roth accounts under current legislation. Also, the distributions from those do not raise your MAGR, your modified adjusted gross income purposes of determining your Medicare premiums and surcharges. And the, the modified adjusted gross income is what we covered in the, in the previous podcast, and that is something that the IRS uh, will use against you to uh, decrease your Medicare retirement payment in the future. Or we're on the line here with Rob Klein, and uh, we're discussing health savings accounts. And when we come back, we're going to discuss some more advanced strategies about how a health savings account, uh, how do you get one, and then you know how much should you put away should you put away the maximum and then uh how, when should you start using that and this is the ask dr tommy show we'll be right back echelon health is a concierge medicine practice so what's included with concierge medicine membership well all office visits and procedures are included also our patients access wholesale pricing on labs and medications they communicate with the doctor and staff through text email and cell phone they also enjoy same-day or next-day appointments, all for one yearly fee. Echelon Health is medical care for a modern lifestyle. Join us online at tampadirectcare.com to learn more. And thank you for joining us again. This is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, and I am Dr. Tommy McElroy, and I have the pleasure of speaking with Rob Klein, and we're covering health savings accounts today and using them as a, as a way to save money for retirement that does not account does not count against you when determining your Social Security income in retirement, but also just for general purposes. And we talked earlier about health savings accounts need to be coupled with a high deductible health plan. And that's a, that's a requirement, actually, to have a health savings account, that you have a high deductible health plan. 
And those are plans generally that are several thousand dollars worth of uh, deductible. And uh, so, Rob, what do you think is a good time for someone to get a health savings account? Or is that something for people when they're young, some for people when they're old? Or is there any time when you shouldn't get one? Or is it is there any downfall? Yeah, get the. I mean, obviously, the earlier one gets it when they're younger um, and, and in theory, they're in better um, health. Um, or when they're in their their peak earning years and they're still in decent health because then they can maximize the contributions. And also you wanna be able, not just maximize the contributions, you also wanna give the power to compound because you have different options to how you can invest this money. That's a question I get asked a lot. Well, okay, I opened up an HSA account, now what? Does it go into a savings account? Does it go into stocks? Does it go into mutual funds? And the answer to that is it depends upon who is the custodian for it and what are their particular rules so even though it's called a health savings account it doesn't have to be in savings it can be in different vehicles correct and i've seen some of them um, over the years where they'll put a restriction they won't let you um, purchase any securities until you hit a certain balance Uh, okay so before that it's mostly like a savings account you get in a bank others are not as restrictive Uh Um, and there's not that many players Surprisingly. Those state laws or federal laws that determine that? Um, that just might be the, to the best of my knowledge, I think that might just be the custodian. Okay. Um, it could be on the state laws. I mean, I know um, there there's different state tax treatment of them. In other words, mm-hmm. not all states allow a deduction of the contributions if the state has state income tax. I see. Where's a good place to get a health savings account? Where to open one? Um, you could ask your bank. Uh, you could ask your financial advisor. Um, mm-hmm. There are some very large ones out there, like I know locally, um, and they're actually na- um, you could actually available nationwide is a company called HSA Bank. Um, Appropriately named. Which is a great name for them. You know, yeah. You'll see sometimes smaller players. Really depends upon if does the bank want to get involved in that market. HSA mm-hmm. Bank. The reason why I mention that is they're owned by a. A regional bank based in Connecticut and talking with some of their executives that I've met over the years, they really see this as a huge opportunity for helping Americans plan for this inevitable cost, inevitable cost meaning rising healthcare prices. So they made an executive decision to pursue that business, but not all banks have. How much should one put in a a health savings account if there's a, like, if you can afford it, for instance? what do you advise? If you can afford want to do it to the max. Now, you, this is where it also gets a little tricky because some states, like for instance, in New, in, in New York, even though you may have a, a, a contribution limit, which is set by the IRS of 6,754 family, you could actually have a high deductible health plan that has a higher out-of-pocket limit than that, hmm. which is crazy. If you really think about it, there, there ought to be some sort of legislation, hopefully that comes up in the next Congress, where you really match the limit to what your deductible is. Because as we all know, the deductibles and maximum out-of-pockets for these plans are rising. So right. 6750 sounds a lot, but if you have a total out-of-pocket out of your high deductible plan of 13000 mm-hmm. it's only covering half or close to half. Yeah, and there's actually, I think with the recent legislation, uh, the Obamacare ACA, there was a reduction in the amount that you can contribute. That's that's correct. And you see where politically where things are going. They're trying to steer people away from these. Where, And if you allow me to get um, political for a second, 
that I liked um, when Dr. Carson was a candidate, um, and maybe he'll still talk about this going forward, where he was he was saying we should be issuing HSAs at birth. So in other words, the right. same time, pretty much the same time a new child is born and uh -huh. several weeks later they get a social security card, well, why not uh -huh. issue an HSA? And the money that right. would normally go to Medicare would be going into this and then let the family contribute. And, you know, that is the perfect idea, and that is probably why it will never, ever come to uh, fruition in Washington, D.C. One reason, and allow me to be political for a second, is the cynical portion of me says, because it is so good for the uh, individual and because it makes so much sense, the individual is free then to do with the money as they wish, you know, in, in re with restrictions as, as the medical savings accounts are or health savings accounts are. But it removes the requirement that they look then to Washington to help them figure out how they're going to pay for things. And that removes the part of the, uh, the uh, reason for the, the existence of Washington, D.C. is that uh, citizens can look toward Washington for guidance on every little thing, especially with health care. And that's a big one that they, if they can control that, uh, that they, they can really depend on that as a way to uh, accumulate votes. And, and, you know, just to dovetail on that, too, and, one, and, and to finish up Dr. Carson's point, which was by doing that, what he'd suggested, you essentially turn families into their own health insurance companies. Absolutely. Because the HSA, unlike Social Security the uh -huh. H and, and Medicare, you have existing law. You could leave your HSA to a family member. Well, if the, the exactly. so if you allowed it to go earlier and you didn't mess around with all these contribution limits, then you literally could have people who could be building up quite a bit of, of, of money in these and protect their families without having to go to Medicaid, Medicare, private insurance, unless if you wanted catastrophic coverage, so on and so forth. Right. And this is Ask Dr. Thomas Schoen. I'm on with Rob Klein. And when we come back, we'll talk about some ways that uh, things that you can do, like getting health savings accounts, other proactive things that you should do right now to protect yourself and at least uh, provide for yourself as much as possible in the future. Uh, this is Ask Dr. Tommy Show. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. There's no doubt you have questions about what happens in concierge medicine. More specifically, what would it look like if you did something similar too? I want to tell you about a gathering place where you can find answers to those questions and others and learn just what exactly these types of doctors do. On August 12 and 13 in Atlanta, Georgia, the 2016 Concierge Medicine Assembly hosted by Concierge Medicine Today is a place where you can be creative for a few short hours, explore those what-if questions, and interact with other physicians kneecap to kneecap who've rescued their career and live to talk about it. To learn more, visit conciergemedicineassembly.com. We hope to see you in Atlanta this fall. And this is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, uh, and I'm on with Rob Klein, who is a retirement health care advisor, and he's a financial advisor. Uh, and one of the things we're talking about during the break is one of the, you know, the, the time to act, like we said, is now, um, at least to get an opinion. So I'm, on the, I'm in the opinion that if you have any type of investment you're doing or, or you're trying to plan for the future, there's no harm in talking to a financial advisor. I'm sure you'd agree with that. I do. But also, you got to keep in mind, you have to pay attention to when is your open enrollment or whether there's a qualifying event. Because the mm -hmm. last thing I want 
to happen is for people to hear this show and say, okay, well, I'm going to open one up tomorrow. So tell us, what is a qualifying event? Well, qualifying event will be anything that triggers loss of insurance. So if there's a divorce, if there's um, uh, you get let go, you or you have a situation like, uh, for instance, they just changed the legislation in my state in New York to protect women who didn't have coverage and then all of a sudden get pregnant. So you wouldn't have to wait all the way till the fall to apply for insurance. You can get it relatively quickly through the either through the health exchange or in some states you're going to go and, and buy off exchange plans. Yeah. So if you if you if you lose your job, if you if there's some kind of uh, change in your uh, plans or in your family, then that's a good time. And then also though around the fall generally is when they traditionally just turn over from the calendar year is what you're saying. That's correct. And and if you are working for um, this small, medium-sized business and they don't offer a high deductible, now might be the time to start talking to them about it. Like, hey, whoever's handling the insurance in, you know, with the human resources department, how about offering that for us as an and option? Then, and then if you're, if you're really smart, you'll couple that with a concierge medicine or direct care membership to complement your high deductible plan. That's... That's my two cents. And and ultimately, yeah. that's a great thing. And that was and that was the third leg of the stool, so to speak, uh, with what Dr. Carson was talking about, was combining the direct primary care, HSA, and catastrophic coverage. And that would be great, and it's still doable. It's just not promoted by the uh, mainstream medicine, nor is it promoted by the D.C. establishment. But that does not matter because you can still do it yourself and promote yourself. Uh, this is Dr. Tommy McElroy, and we've been talking to Rob Klein. Rob is a retirement health care advisor. If you'd like to see more of what Rob's contributions are, and they are vast, uh, I follow him on LinkedIn. And also, if you go to AskDrTommy.com under Contributors, Rob Klein has a, his contribution is called Advisor Rob, and you'll see some of his blogs reproduced there and then also our podcast that we've had with him. Rob, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Uh, be sure to stay warm and uh, stay dry. And uh, is there any other things that are going on that we need to know about on your in your neck of the woods? Just uh, and, and thank you again for the opportunity. Um, but just pay attention. Pay attention. There's a lot of this information comes out um, at weird times, uh, often on Friday evenings when uh, you know the general public is not thinking about um, legal or political issues. Um, so you really want to pay attention. You also want to find uh, yourself working with an advisor who understands. Unfortunately, in my, my two cents here in my industry, most of my peers do not go down this road. It's all about the financial planning side, but they forget about the healthcare side of it, which has a lot to do with financial planning. And so if you really want to learn more about that, again, let's go to Rob's uh, articles on LinkedIn, or you can also find uh, on AskDrTommy.com under Advisor Rob on Contributors. Thanks, Rob, for coming in. And, You're uh, welcome. Thank you. We look forward to talking to you again. Uh, for those of you out there who are listening, uh, you want to listen to other podcasts, you can tune into iTunes, and we're also on Stitcher. And then also you can just go to AskDrTommy.com where we have uh, podcasts. Uh, we have a new section called Tech, which advises you uh, about how to maybe start your own podcast and some other kind of um, health, health items such as wearable devices. 
And uh, until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. For more show news and information, go to AskDrTommy.com. And be sure to follow Dr. Tommy on Facebook at Echelon Health and on Twitter at Tampa Direct Care. To learn more about Echelon Health Concierge Medicine Practice, visit Echelon Health online at TampaDirectCare.com.